Well, this morning we start a brand new series here in the next few weeks here before we, and they're kind of leading up into the Advent season before we get into that time of the year. And it's good for us as we've been talking over these last few weeks uh, to take an intentional look at what it looks like in the role of a spiritual companionship or a spiritual friend in the life of a follower of Jesus. The role that these kinds of friendships or these kinds of companionships play in our life. We talk a lot about community here at the church and how it plays a vital role in our formation and how we need one another. Uh, And it's good for us because it's such a vital part of our church. It's actually part of the DNA of who we are. You'll hear, uh, if you have young children, you hear Pastor Jake talk about spiritual friendships or companions that our children or our young people need other people around them. And if you're in any kind of apprenticeship course or any other kind of discipleship stuff at the church, you'll see these uh, companionship or these friendships starting to spark up and it's it's a vital part of who we are and so it's an important thing for us to talk about how it is that we foster or how do we go about growing or attending to these crucial relationships these friendships these uh, people to walk alongside you where do you go to find them how do you foster them how do you develop them because it's vital for our pursuit of christ so we're going to do that in the next, next couple of weeks here. These, next, these three weeks before the Advent season starts, we're going to start by looking at these, this role and how do we cultivate these friendships or these relationships with us. Well, as we get started this morning, let's pray together. Father, Son, and Spirit, we are once again in awe that you have called us to be a part of your family, that you have graced us with your presence, and that you invite us through the faith in Jesus Christ that we might become your body, your bride, your church. So Father, give us this morning hearts that are receptive to understand how we can engage in these friendships and these relationships. Soften our hearts and and lower our defenses that we might hear from you this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, a few months ago, we had this series on our mission statement that we exist to invite people to apprenticeship to Jesus. And this apprenticeship to Jesus is where we are learning to live by faith. We are learning to transmit hope and to be known by love. That we are a key aspect of our mission, our life together is this inviting others to apprenticeship to Jesus, this following after of Jesus. And one of the practical outflows or outpourings of this mission statement is that we would have people that walk alongside us in this journey. That we would walk, we would walk with people in their apprenticeship. Apprenticeship in, throughout all of history ha- is a relational thing. It's not an intellectual thing. It's not a scholarly thing. It's not a classroom thing. It's a relational thing where we learn by walking alongside others. And there's a a crucial role that we walk alongside one another as we apprentice ourselves to Jesus. Sacred companionship, in other words, is not an added thing to our busy life and our already life with Christ. It is a central part of who we are as it looks, as it applies to apprenticeship. Having a spiritual friend, in other words, is crucial for you and I to live well and for you and I to follow after the things of Jesus. And we simply believe here that one of the ways which we develop a deep and robust life with Christ is through relationships of a spiritual friend or of a spiritual nature in this thing that we're calling for the series a sacred companionship. These relationships 
are all over Scripture. All through the Older Testament, all through the Newer Testament, we see these types of relationships spark up and that we can walk alongside one another as we try to be faithful to God. Moses and Aaron in the Older Testament. David and Jonathan in the Older Testament. Jesus and his disciples. And at one point in Jesus' life, he stops calling them students or disciples and he begins to call them friends. They have this kind of relationship. Paul and his young friend, Timothy. And all throughout the scripture, we see these type of, type of relationships sparking up that we can walk alongside one another and help each other be faithful to the things of God. It is the writer of Hebrews that instructs us of the importance of these relationships as it, as it relates to our pursuit of Jesus when he says this in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. The writer says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up, opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Then he says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting with each other, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. See, for the writer of Hebrews, this aspect of faith in God is not just an individual thing. It's not just a thing that we do in isolated by ourselves, just between us and God. But we were created to experience life with God in relationship. And so the writer says, let us find ways to spur one another on, to encourage one another, to walk alongside one another, even more now than before. We need to find ways for these relationships for these crucial, central, vital relationships in our heart to be able to draw us to more faithfulness to Jesus. We were created to experience this kind of depth of community. But the question is kind of looming out there, how do you foster that? How do you get that? How do you you have a sacred companion? How do you find that? And what is it that you're looking for? And so for this morning, I'm indebted to Mindy Caligier, who wrote, uh, has written on this in her book, Spiritual Friendship. And so we're going to kind of draw from her learnings and from her teaching on this aspect of how is it that we can follow after God and how do we find these spiritual friends, these sacred companions. Mindy defines a spiritual friend this way. She said that a spiritual friend is someone who knows us well, knows our weaknesses, celebrates our strengths, knows God intimately, and helps us pay attention to the activity of God in our life, helping us to respond. In other words, a spiritual friend or a a sacred companion is someone who knows us well, knows all of our faults and our failures, knows our weaknesses, our insecurities, knows God really well, and helps us to pay attention to God's activity going on in our life and then gently nudging us to respond to God's activity that is in your life. And if you've been pursuing Jesus for any length of time, you know that uh, the spiritual life has these seasons of ups and downs, times of mountaintop high experiences where our heart is on fire and we, we just want to do more and more for God and we can't do enough. We just keep on excited about what God is doing. And then there's times of dark valleys 
where we're not even sure if God's present, where God is silent to us. And then there's these weird, strange, strange plateaus where we just seem flat and stuck, and we don't know what to do. We strive to hear from God. We read the scriptures. We pray diligently. We show up to church. And for one reason or another, things just seem stuck. And at that time, and in those moments, it's a spiritual friend who can come and remind us about God's faithfulness and about God's goodness. And it's a spiritual friend in this sacred companionship to come alongside us and, and awaken our senses to God's activity around us and gently help us to respond to God's activity all around us. It's not that a spiritual friendship is like a, a magic wand or a genie in a bottle that just all of a sudden makes things perfect and great. But when we are isolated, in times of stuckness, when we are isolated from other people, we are closed off to the one of, the, one of God's primary ways in which he may touch our heart through the life of a timely prayer or a powerful word or a right phone call at the right time. So as we talk about how do we get these or how do we foster or search for these types of friendships, these companionships, let me ask you a question. What role has a spiritual friend played in your life? When you were stuck, what word came to you? Where you prayed diligently and you didn't get anything. You didn't you, said, you scoured the scriptures, but nothing was happening. You were in solitude and in silence, and you were doing all this thing. But what role did a spiritual friend play in your life? What timely phone call came to remind you of God's activity and to draw your attention on him and to help you respond to him? In the midst of you being stuck spiritually, where has a spiritual friend stayed or been present for you? Well, while this may sound all great and fancy and wonderful and hallmarkish, where everybody loves each other and all that stuff, the truth is, for many of us, we resist this type of relationship, this kind of mutual, self-giving relationship, spiritual friendship or a sacred companionship. For many of us, we resist it. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out why, because some of the deepest scars in our soul are those that we receive from those that we have let in who knew us well, and yet they betrayed the sacred ground that we brought them into. Some of the deepest scars in our soul are those that we receive from those that we invited in, and they betrayed our trust, and they betrayed the sacredness of our vulnerability. And while it might have been years ago, and for some of us decades ago, the pain is still as fresh as the original wound. And all this talk about caring for your soul and inviting people in to share vulnerably and let them know and walk alongside your journey, while it may sound exciting for some of us, for many of us, the freshness of this betrayal seems way too much to bear. And relationships are messy and painful, and yet so we resist and we're hesitant and we stay guarded. But can I be a voice in your life this morning that says while we recognize the potential for pain and the potential for harm and the messiness that is in deep relationships, that there's hope. That there is an incredible power that comes when we open our hearts into a sacred friendship or a sacred companionship and there is hope and there is incredible power for healing 
to heal wounds that you felt like could never be healed before. That the love and grace of God can be spoken into your heart by another brother or sister at just the right time to spark into things where you might be able to find yourself alive to God's presence once again and alive to what he's doing and be able to respond to it. And you can experience healing in even the deepest, darkest valleys where there is pain and wounds that you felt like never could be healed. That people can be invited into that. Often it's a word of a sacred companion that sparks the memory that God is indeed good, that God is indeed with you, that God's heart, God's heart breaks for those whom heart, whose heart breaks as well. And it's a th- thoughtful prayer, a listening ear, and it's a timely word that can remind us of God's goodness, even in the messiness and the dangerousness of those relationships. So we need to do work and push through the hesitancy, but we need to do the work of developing and finding the right spiritual friends to interact with a sacred companionship. Ordinary friendships, they have like things in common. Like we like to do the same things. We have the same kinds of enjoyment. We, we like the same activities. We do all the, and we have some levels of trust and all that. That's kind of an ordinary friendship, and that makes sense. A spiritual friendship has some of those things usually, but it's also characterized by someone who helps us pay attention to the activity of God in our life. Help us to pay attention to what God is doing and draws us to remain or to stay faithful to God in the midst of our seasons of ups and downs of the spiritual life. Jesus in John chapter 15 says that as a follower of, Jesus, a follower of his, that our call is to remain or to abide in him says it this way in John 15, verses 4 through 8. says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You see, the call for a Christ follower is to remain in Jesus, to be aware of his presence and to walk closely with him. But it's difficult to do when we're in the seasons of ups and downs, when we find ourselves doubting and, and where his presence seems far away from us. And this is the role of a spiritual friend or a spirit, sacred companion to come alongside and to remind us and to show us ways where we can stay faithful to God in the midst of the ups and downs and we can stay faithful to him in the midst of deep, dark valleys and even when the presence of hard wounds of our soul that we can stay faithful to a God who is faithful to us. But we need this sacred friend. We need these spiritual friends and we need to find the right ones. Because when we open our hearts into those places where we are vulnerable, we need to find someone who will handle it with skill and carefully, recognizing the sacredness of our soul. So how do you do that? All this talk is great, but how do you find the right person? And how do you know it's the right person? Henry Nouwen, someone who we quote often around here, is a Catholic priest and author. He articulates well this difficulty in trying to find 
authentic, sacred companionship. This is what he says in his book, Intimacy. He says, We've probably wondered in our many lonesome moments if there's one corner in this competitive, demanding world where it is safe to be relaxed, to expose ourselves to someone else, to give unconditionally. It might be very small and hidden, but if this corner exists, it calls for a search through the complexities of our human relationships in order to find it. See, two key truths that kind of jump out of this piece of wisdom from, from now and is that sacred companionship or a spiritual friendship is something that is needing of a safe environment for us to feel safe, for us to feel like we're okay. But if it's going to be a safe environment, it's also something that we need to go searching for, something that we need to go searching for. We long for a place of authenticity, of realness, of, of, of openness, of vulnerability, where someone can be invited into those deeper parts of our hearts and to understand the sacredness of that space to care for it well. But we're going to need to search for that right person. And not just open it up to anybody. We're going to need to search for the right person who's going to recognize the sacredness and who's going to point us to the person of Jesus. So in the few moments we have left, I want to share with you some key factors of what it looks like to go after these things. What it looks like for us to, to find the right person to, to open our hearts to. Key factors in a person that would be a spiritual friend of ours. And the first factor is a safe person or a person who's a spiritual friend draws us to God. Draws us to God. Rather than being an answer person for all of your questions, rather than being someone who's got everything perfectly done, there's, these people are people who draw us to understand our dependency on Jesus for everything. So they draw our attention to God, and they quickly remind us that God cares, that God is present, that God is with us in moments of doubt, in moments of deep pain, in moments of wandering, that God is drawing near to us. A deeper understanding of God's goodness that we can trust in him. So these people draw us to God. Rather than being the person that just has every answer for every possible situation, they draw us to God and they intercede in prayer on our behalf to God. The second aspect of these spiritual friends is someone who draws you to, towards others. Draws you towards others. And that may seem a little counterintuitive. Well, I thought this was a friendship between me and this person. Why would they draw me to other people? Well, because when you isolate yourself from others, especially in times of conflict and in times of, of pain and difficulty, when you isolate yourself from others, you have a tendency to just kind of stew in your own stuff rather than being gently pushed towards reconciliation and friendship and forgiveness. These people, these spiritual friends, don't allow you to isolate yourself. They are advocates for every relationship in your life, your marriage and your work relationship and your parent-child relationship. And so when there's conflict that happens in each of those relationships, this spiritual friend of yours is going to gently nudge you towards the relationship rather than isolate away from it, towards it to see reconciliation and forgiveness and, and restoration in that, in that friendship or in that relationship. They won't allow you, in other words, to simply isolate yourself in a corner and just vent your frustration to them and just get it off their chest, but they would gently nudge you towards the relationship because they know that those kind of key relationships are vital for your health. And so a, a spiritual friend or a sacred companion draws you towards God and draws you towards other people 
to see friendships restored and relationships reconciled, forgiveness offered, rather than just isolated venting that may happen. Well, a third indicator of this kind of a person is that they help you understand your true self. Your true self. We've talked about this before, but a safe person or a person in this spiritual friendship recognizes that beneath the behavior that's on top, there's something going on at your heart level that is driving what's happening at your behavior level. Out of the outflow of your soul, the mouth speaks. It's something going on in the inside of who you are. And rather than staying and getting caught up on the behavior stuff, a spiritual friend is someone who comes alongside and sees that there's some kind of hurt or insecurity or something going on at the heart level that is driving much of what we do. And so they help us to pay attention to that level, not just the external stuff up here, but what's going on in your heart, what's really happening below here. And they help you pay attention to that, and they invite you to see God's activity at your heart level, not just your behaviors, but your heart level. So these spiritual friends are people who draw you closer to God, they draw you closer to others, and they help you navigate the lower levels of your soul so you can understand what's driving the external behaviors. And forging these kind of relationships, these kind of friendships are going to take safety, making sure that the right person is safe, And it's going to take searching, finding that person. Probably the question I get asked the most when I start talking about these kinds of community or these kinds of friendship is, where do I find them? How do I know that this is the right person? How do I go after What do I do? So let me suggest for you just a couple things this morning, how you find that right person. The first thing is to notice and pay attention to your energy, to your energy. Do you come away from a relationship or a friendship or that conversation on the phone or coffee time full of energy to pursue Jesus? Is your heart more energized to follow after Jesus because you've been with this person or have you found your heart sapped from energy? Well, spiritual friends will be the kind of people that fill your heart and help you energize you to to follow after Jesus more fully rather than kind of sapping you. A couple of years ago, I was in need of one of these friendships, and so I began to pray about the person I was going to invite into this kind of friendship. The person I was drawn to was not someone particularly like me. We didn't have a whole lot in common. We didn't hang out in the same places. I wouldn't have just called this person up just to kind of, hey, how you doing, and just checking in with you. But when I saw him, there were some aspects of his character that intrigued me. And whenever we got together for coffee or lunch, I found my energy filled with trying to pursue Jesus better than I did before. My heart was filled. My energy levels were filled up because I was with him. And so I made it a priority in my schedule to make sure that I had time with him. Not just because we were going to hang out and talk about things we like to talk about because we didn't have much of that. But because of who he was energized my soul. So pay attention to how energy is played in your soul when you're around these people. Do they fill you up to pursue Jesus or do they sap you? The second thing to look at or keep in mind is an aspect of matching, of matching. Does the depth of vulnerability match each other? See, a killer in these companionships or these friendships is when one person shares at a level eight and the other person shares at a level two. And they're unwilling to go there. They don't match the depth. And it's not to say that one person won't be more of a guide and more of a counseling kind of a side of parts of the relationship. That's for sure going to happen. But does the person have a willingness to match the depth 
of vulnerability and of sharing. And if they don't, they probably are not a good spiritual friend for you. They probably aren't. A leader told me once, she was sharing with me a regard of a spiritual friendship that they were pursuing, and she noticed that the other person in this relationship began to kind of pull back and pull away. And she asked why, what's going on with that, and the person kind of timidly admitted that they just don't feel comfortable because this leader just seemed like they had everything together. And they just had everything was perfect. Things were not perfect. But because the, the levels of vulnerability didn't match each other, there was a rift in the relationship. And a wedge was driven there. So a good spiritual friend is someone who notices a vulnerability and matches the vulnerability. When one is willing to, to share at a level eight, are they willing to share at a level eight too? Pay attention to that. Pay attention to your heart's energy. Pay attention to the level of vulnerability, and it doesn't match. And the third thing is to pay attention to confidentiality. And this may go without saying, right, because we're talking about vulnerable things and opening your heart to what's going, really going on there. But pay attention to the ways in which people handle confidential things. See, if you're opening up yourself and your heart to someone, to, there's danger, real danger of being betrayed and hurt along the way. So for this reason, you have to be careful with the kind of things that you share with people. Notice the ways in which they handle confidences. Pay attention to the way in which they talk about other people and how they handle sensitive information. If there's someone who always has something to say about someone else, they may not be a safe person for you to talk with about your stuff. Pay attention to those things. Don't, don't think that, well, they talk about other people, but they're not going to talk about me. Don't give in to that temptation. If you see them talking negatively or sharing other people's information pretty freely, chances are they'll share your information. So that may not be the right spiritual friend that you need to have. So the first question is kind of how do, you go out, how do you know this person is a right person? That's the question I get oftentimes. The other question is how do you just get started? How do you get started? And, and practically, these relationships are all sorts of different things, and they're part of our DNA, like I said. And if you see Pastor Jake, he's going to talk about them with kids. We're talking about them in our apprenticeship courses. They're all over the place, and, but formation is happening in these relationships. But what does it take? So practically, it's going to take you walking across the room and inviting someone to coffee because these kind of relationships don't just happen in five minutes after church. These kind of relationships don't just happen by chance. It's going to take intentional steps where you're going to have to take the risky thing and invite someone out for coffee or for breakfast or for lunch and ask them about their life with Jesus. What's exciting you right now about your life with Jesus? Would be a great question to ask. What do you find your heart being excited about right now? Would be a great question to go after. And then just pay attention. Pay attention to your own energy level. Pay attention to the matching of their vulnerability. And then pay attention to how they're dealing with confidential or sensitive information. Pay attention. It may take a few coffee breaks. It may take a few date nights or date lunches or whatever to meet up with someone to connect with us, see how they're going, to, to test the waters, as it were. But it's going to take some of these things. And it may find, you may find yourself needing to search more and more. But as the writer of Hebrews says, let us not give up meeting with each other. As some do, just kind of think that they can do it on their own. But let's not stop meeting with each other and keep having coffee with one another. Keep paying attention to your energy level and to the matching of vulnerability. And keep paying attention to how that person handles confidential information. And see if there's a spiritual friend, a sacred companion that you may be able to invite into. 
Well, one final thing as we kind of close up this morning. Talked about this aspect of searching for the right person, what characterizes those people, those kinds of things. But there's something we've missed in this little discussion. See, there's a good chance, and you may not like this, but there's a good chance that you are going to be called to be someone's spiritual friend. There's a good chance that you are going to need to be, at least for a season, someone's sacred companion. So, how are you doing in these areas? Are you someone who energizes people's souls and energizes them to follow Jesus? Or do you tend to sap their energy? Are you someone who is comfortable sharing at authentic levels? Or are you remain guarded? Are you someone who can be trusted with the sacredness of vulnerability and keep things confidential? Are you a safe person? There may be a time when you're called on to be someone's spiritual friend or a sacred companion. How are you doing? And my prayer through this series and through the, and the rest of our church life together is that we would be a place where these kinds of spiritual friendships or sacred companionships would flourish, where we might be the type of people to spur one another on towards Christ-likeness, where we would be the kind of people that are safe and where handle the vulnerable and the sacred space of someone's heart and soul well. And we can walk alongside someone as they go through the seasons of ups and downs in their following of Christ. May you and I be people who energize those around us to pursue Jesus. May you and I be people who have the courage to foster sacred companionships, spiritual friends, and experience the transformative power of deep relationships fueled by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much. And Father, we come before you and we pray that you would remind us of your faithfulness. And as we walk into these sacred companionships or these spiritual friends, would you give us eyes to see truth. And may we walk with one another skillfully and carefully that we might see faithfulness to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Father, send us out today in your glorious power and in your presence. May we be aware of your activity around us and may we take the courageous step of walking alongside others, inviting others into our journey. And Father, may you give us wisdom to find the right spiritual friend and sacred companion that can walk alongside us, that can awaken us to your presence. As we go today, God, we pray that you would uh, enable us to go in your power and in your presence. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming today. See you tonight at Division Night for those that will be back. So uh, see you then.